it's your boy Tommy V of Raw Sex, and we're going to jump right into it. And um, so I wanted to explain, just in case anybody was curious, you know, why black people um, are so selfish or how we even got that way. And the explanation that I have is basically this, you know, um, and, and I, I like to call this the Django effect, right? And I believe I've spoke on this specifically on this podcast before, but I'm not really too sure if I've spoke on it or not. But I, I like to talk to people about the Django effect and what the Django effect is. So if you remember the movie Django, right? Do you remember that scene where he stops being a slave, right? And the white man tells him, the white man says, hey, you know, uh, you can pick out your own clothes. And there's a whole wardrobe for him to choose from. He could have dressed like the white man, modest, right? But what did he pick? Remember, he picked the brightest blue outfit you could think of. I mean, it literally screams to everyone, white people and other black people, hey, I ain't like the rest of these niggas. I'm, I ain't no slave. I am nothing like the rest of these niggas. You know, and, 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 and you know, if we want to fast forward a little bit, this, this same mentality is, is the reason why, as a black man, when you get wealthy, if you want it to mean anything, I mean, beyond, obviously, what it does for you, like, take care of your family, you have to understand that you have to, you have to kind of get a little flashy. You know, we, we have to go and get a little bit of Gucci, wear a little bit of gold, you know, make sure our car is nice. That's why, the, like, the difference between black people and a lot of other people is like you really can you really can tell who's a a quote-unquote broke nigga or not for the most part i mean people do kind of fake it a lot and and fake the funk but one thing about black people um we gonna move up everything as we move up in anything so like a white person for example he might get rich and be like you know what i'm gonna keep this this car that i've been driving because you know i i I got other things i want to do right now where a black person, if you if you go from making fifty thousand dollars a year to eighty thousand dollars a year, we gonna know it. You know what I'm saying? We hey hey, you ain't finna keep that. You gonna get a newer car, a newer spot, and every time you you go up, every ten bands you you know go you go up, you gonna get more and more new stuff. So like, what you gotta understand is that um, when we're talking about when we're talking about what we're talking about here, we're speaking on a, a level of people who just happen to be in a different place right and every time that they move up in this place they feel this need to kind of show like i am nothing like the rest of these niggas and if you remember in the movie Django, right his whole mission what drove him to even get out there and do what he did was simply to get what was his and his only he didn't care to really extend a hand or an olive branch to anybody else right he played the role. He did what he had to do to get what he wanted, to get what he desired, which for him in the movie, it wasn't freedom. It wasn't money. It was really to get his wife back. Right. Which is an honorable thing. Right. And then at the end of the movie, you know, he he somewhat freed those three guys that were in the cage. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry if I'm spoiling the movie for anybody, but um, that movie is to me one of the most historically accurate slave movies I've ever seen. And I've and I've been wanting to do a full coverage on it for years now. But I'm just going to talk about this one part of it, you know. So he did, but it was kind of like, look, you know, he threw them niggas the keys or I think he uh, he just really just left them to their own self and was like, y'all niggas on your own. Right. He didn't tell them like, hey, y'all, here's what you could probably do to get some money. You can become a bounty hunter. He didn't say, hey, you know, you know, follow me, come with me. You know, I'll show you how to get to this part of town or or nothing. You know, like he didn't he didn't really do nothing for them. He just kind of you know left a little a little little leg room you know what i'm saying and and you notice that like with a lot of black people we have that same mentality we have that even even a lot of black parents have that you know that well i had i had to wait till i was this age to get a car so so does my son and it's like it makes you kind of wonder like well what well what did you work hard for you know like I, i i personally feel like that you know that's why the white race is really where they are i mean yeah it's a lot of reasons but you know they kind of leave a lot for the next person to come up. You see what I'm saying? So it's like it's not like a, a, a cycle of continuously restarting over. Because if I get rich and I tell my son, none of my money is your money. I'm not finna get you no car. I'm not finna get you no apartment. I'm not finna invest in your business. Like you gonna have to start from the bottom, just like me, mind you. He grew up rich, privileged. 
that he don't even have the ambition and hunger that I had, right? So he's already at a disadvantage, honestly. He's a black, spoiled, rich kid in the 2020s, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, the world that tells him that he's a king and a god and a melanin and all this other stuff. He's not at that, that disadvantage to actually produce that hunger, um, which is why a lot of a lot of men in my generation don't really have as much as their, at, that, at this age that their dads had at this age. Even myself, and I spoke about this before, by the time my dad was 25, 26 years old, he was driving a Benz and living in a house. I've had a Benz before. I bought it with weed money. You know what I'm saying? Like, never had my own house. And my dad had a two-story house by the time he was 26, 27 years old. I'm 29. I've never even had a house. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not saying, you know, some brothers out there, they're doing good. But I'm just, I'm just saying you, you see a lot more of it because there's not that same hunger. You know what I'm saying? We weren't given anything from our, our parents who did a little bit better than their parents. But we still didn't have the same hunger. We just don't. Even kids I know that grew up in the hood, I noticed they don't, they don't have the same hunger. They have hunger to get a Gucci belt and get a couple hoes, but they don't have a, a hunger to elevate up out of that. You know what I'm saying? Not, not anything that's actually going to last. You know what I mean? So that, that hunger that the black people who grew up in the 70s and in, in, in the 80s had, the kids who grew up in the 2000s and 2010s don't have that same hunger. We have to go and find that hunger. You know, I mean, I'm going to tell you where the hunger is coming from right now. The women. You know you got to have money to get a good girl. You can't, you don't, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're not playing no more. They used to sit around and really struggle with, they ain't struggling with nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? And we know that. So that's really where a lot of the drive comes from. And I always use that Kendrick Lamar song as an example. Um, he has a song on the Untitled album. I, I, I forget which number track it is because they don't have an actual name of the song. It's, they, the tracks are numbers, like one, two, three. Um, I believe it's the fourth song or whatever like that. But in the song, he literally goes through almost every race and says what drives them. So he says, he said, what the Indians say, a piece of land. That's what I needed. I need, you know what I'm saying? He said, he said, what the, uh, what the Asians say, a piece of mind. You know what I'm saying? And he considered the black man, he said, a piece of pussy. That's what I needed me. I needed a push, man. You know what I'm saying? He talked about how we, as black men, we were literally driven by the women, wanting women at the end of the day, you know? And um, it plays a big role, which is why I also used to tell people when they looked at me like I was crazy. If you want to get rid of this whole hood mentality, this street nigga in and out of jail, face tats, carrying guns, sagging the pants, nigga every other word. If you want to get rid of that, honestly, everybody tries to think of all these wild solutions. And the biggest thing that can really help it is if we could get the women to stop having sex or dating men that participate in that type of behavior or mentality, I guarantee you, you give it two, three years and you won't see niggas no more. I promise you, you won't. Programs, right? Jail. Uh, what do they call it? Beyond. What's that stuff? That that Beyond. What's it called? Beyond Scared Program. All, all of that. The, the rap music. Nope. None of it. If the girls, if, if you knew for a fact, black men, keep it real, especially for my street brothers that's listening. If you knew, not you thought, not you think, if you knew if you knew that if you was going in and out of jail and gang banging and throwing up hand signs and pictures and having guns out your waist and tattoos on your face, girls would not deal with you. And you couldn't get no decent looking woman, at least. You know damn well you're going to find another way. Because we no longer have that, that, that bullcrap excuse. You know, as I get older, you know, a lot of hoods that we used to be so scared of or so like we looked at so notorious growing up in Atlanta just speaking for Atlanta even you know New York you know I was born in New York as well and I visit there every now and then to see things changing certain neighborhoods that even just when I was 14 years old that were bad they're not it's white people eating yogurt over there now right and when you look at it and it's like it's some of these houses are the same houses and it's like, wait, this was supposed to be the hood. We used to complain and use this as an excuse to justify why we sold drugs or why we did this. And at the end of the day, at this point in black America, if you're selling drugs and you're scamming, that's by choice, bro. You can't use the whole piss on the concrete. Uh, man, look where I'm from. No more. Because these white folks and these gays and these women have moved into the same neighborhoods y'all have and shown you that, no, you just did. You just took it and did something different with it than they did. It's, it's not the houses. It's not the environment. I tell you all the time, Comp George Bush grew up in Compton. This is the same Compton that Kendrick Lamar is from. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the neighborhood that George Bush grew up in is now a gang neighborhood. I mean, just think about it. You think that they came through 
after the white people left and just knocked down all the houses and put no Compton is a suburb Decatur Georgia that's a suburb Grove Park aka Bankhead that's a suburb when you look at these places they are suburb we come in there we make excuses for ourselves and we do what we do right maybe in the 80s 70s 60s it might have worked but into 2000 if you're selling drugs if you're trapping if you're robbing that's because you want more to life it ain't because you don't have it and it's only no 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 you don't you want more and you're not trying hard to do anything else it's as simple as that right so when you think deeply about it like we have to try to find a way to get out of this mentality of trying to put like the gangster thing out there right but the girls are are the are the driving factor now going back to everything i'm saying the selfishness that that comes with that that mentality of I don't I'm not I'm hey them niggas on their own you know what I'm saying do you do you really think and you know I I've lived in plenty of white communities you know I grew up in a split household so I lived in the suburbs we went to the hood on the weekends and then we also went to rich neighborhoods and I I, I've seen it all like I can genuinely say I'm literally not even by choice but by force of just my childhood I have a toe in every community. I have a toe in every community. And as an adult, due to lack of money and maybe even a lack of ambition on my own, not even, I won't even say maybe, I will say I will say that I've had to live in the hood and things like that, like that as well. Uh, the, the, what I can genuinely say is, do you really think that all white people just have it so good? No. So why is that you drive through the black communities and you can see some of the nicest cars, some of the nicest clothes, and still see a bunch of niggas outside that have lost their minds? You still see a bunch of young brothers out there. When I say lost their minds, I mean it. We see, I see young dudes walking on in the middle of the street singing songs, just standing around, clearly high on some type of drug, or just simply just shot out. You know what I'm saying? We see, we see, um, we see these things all the time. You, you think the white people don't have that have kids that are delinquent and that just sit around and don't do nothing? Yeah, but they're not gonna let their people just be outside like that. You see what I'm saying? We had a we had white. I'm, matter of fact, bro, as I speak, bro, I kid you not, bro, on, on God, bro, I'm driving through. I don't like to put things on God. Excuse me, I'm not supposed to put things on God. I'm, I strike that. Um, but just take my word for it. I'm driving through East Cobb right now. When I lived over here back in high school, I moved over here when I was 16 years old. Uh, I lived from here. I lived here, uh, going back and forth between here and DeKalb County, from 16 to about 21, I think. And then I left and went back to Atlanta. So, when when I lived over here, we had white kids who just trust me. They could have been just like them black dudes you see on the street all day, hanging out, doing nothing with their lives, right? Just lost in the sauce, right? And I'm not judging. I'm not looking down on. I'm just telling you what the truth, right? We had white kids that were just like that, but you would never see them standing on Charlotte Road. You would never see them posted up on Mabry Road, just walking up. No, somebody's going to pick them up. I promise you, somebody's going somebody's gonna to pick them up. And if they have to take care of them, that's what it is. They take care of their people, bro. Spanish people, same thing. You go to Buford High, you don't think they got Mexicans over there that shot out? Please. They got plenty of Mexicans over there that shot out. They're not going to let them be stranded like that, though. Black people, we have the mentality. As soon as it look, we start off walking, right? A lot of us, right? I walked for years. We started off. We start off walking, right? Boom. As soon as we start getting enough money to look up, to get on the bus, we look down on the niggas that's walking. As soon as we leave the bus and get a and get and get in a car, we look down on the person in the car. As soon as we get a nicer car, we look down on people who have cheaper cars. Like every time we move up, we we feel the need to. You know, live above our means and also look down on people who were just in the same place we were. Like, how dare a rapper sit up there and cry about his hood and how he grew up so poor and then ever have the nerve to talk about a broke nigga? Bro, you just admitted you was just that. Like, how how dare you look down on someone who is exactly where you once were? Only black people will do something like that. You ain't never gonna see no Mexicans do that to no Mexicans. You don't see white people doing that to white people. You ain't gonna see a white person go from being a drug addict to being clean and then be like, huh, he slams heroin. No, they're gonna be like, man, he's doing heroin. Oh, man, uh, give him my number. I, I got a guy that helped me get off of it and maybe he could help him too. We be laughing at somebody who's doing the same thing we were just doing. I'm guilty of it. All, almost everybody listening that's black is guilty of it, right? You know what I'm saying? Just real, you know, just crab in a bucket. 
I don't care about y'all. It's all about me. And, and, it, and it comes back. It comes back down to what I call the Django effect. I'm not. A, I am nothing like the rest of you slave niggers. And I'm going to do everything I can to stand out, including not giving a handout. And I don't mean a handout like just here, but just give a handout and help somebody, teach somebody who may not have the same instructions that you have. Black folk like to make everybody do all this stuff to learn. Now, I ain't going to lie now. I'm starting to see a change. I can't, I can't talk about this and not acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of black men, specifically black men, that, are, that have learned something and now they want to come back and teach something. And they're not making it hard for you to access these these this knowledge. They're not they're not charging you fifteen hundred dollars for a seminar. You know you got brothers like Jay Morris, Boyce Watkins, right? Uh, I mean before he passed, you had brothers like Kevin Samuels teaching us about cologne and 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 things like suits, what kind of suits. You got Steve Harvey. You got all kind of brothers that have now said, you know what? Let me come back. Now that I've went out and learned something on my own, yeah. Because I mean the white man go learn stuff on every man go learn stuff on his own. Don't get it twisted, but. You know, the difference is for a long time, we didn't really want to come back and give give nothing. You know what I'm saying? Where they come back and, and, and now now they're starting to come back and give something. Black women, they, they come back sometimes, but most of the time when black women come back, for some reason they feel the need to se- segregate within our race. So they'll come back and do a class for black women. Or they'll market it in a way that, you know, just would not attract a man. They'll make everything pink or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, this is a real estate class. And technically, I probably could sign up for it, but you know, as a man, I see all this pink stuff on the page. I'm not, you know, I don't even pay no mind. Where a brother like Jay Morrison, he wants to teach black people. You know, black women aren't really too inclusive of black people. Uh, they really just want to see black women win. Women in general, right now, have a very huge disdain uh, for men. They have a lot going on. So it, it, it's going on in every every group. Don't get it twisted. It's just a little bit more in our group because our group is naturally more selfish anyway. And the black woman for a long time has been put into a mode of selfish survival, you know, where it's like I have to do whatever I can to to survive. Now they want to do a little bit more to survive. You see, in the 60s, 70s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 80s 90s it was like if i could survive i could survive now it's like i want to survive and be above everybody i want to be above the black man i want to be above the white woman i want to be above the only person i don't really think that they strive to really be above is the white man himself specifically but black men and white women are like black women's like arch nemesis in their brains uh, you know that's what they think um but anyways yeah so so the Django effect definitely spans out over um, our whole race though both genders you know what I'm saying and, and you see it a lot and it's like it's almost to the point where you know you feel like you're on your own even in a world I mean think about it brother look at black people we're getting money now and you still feel like you gotta you know you, you know like where so where is it going right the black man make money and go spend it with who you don't go spend it with his brothers I mean some do but most of them don't right I got, matter of fact, if you got money, if you getting money right now, man, I want you to go on, go on Instagram and I need you to go follow this page, Oliventa, all right, O-L-I-V-E-N-T-A, okay, um, if you go follow that page, that is a, that is a black brother, his name is slipping my mind right now, I spoke to him a few times, he's out there in LA, he's, he's makes designer clothes and they're really nice, like, I'm not even gonna lie to you, it ain't got nothing to do, at this point, I want them, not even just because... You know, it's a brother that's, that's that's making it. Him and his team as black people, but simply the clothes really is fire. Like if you getting money, you you like to dress classy, man. Go follow that dude and, and and shop with him. You know what I'm saying? I think he actually makes the clothes custom as well. You know, um, so yeah, y- y'all go do that. You know what I mean? Like, cause as soon as we get some money, who are we gonna run to? And th- and this is why I was telling somebody we we're talking about supporting black business. I said yeah. And we were talking about, you know, the, the power nominates behind it. And I was like, but you got to understand, though, brother, I go I go to so I go to I go to Devante's shop and I support his business. But he doesn't take the money and give back to the community. So really, essentially, I'm just making the white man even richer. Supporting a black business is ultimately supporting a white business because Devante going to get some money. Right. And he going he going to go spend it on Versace. He going to go buy the white man's car. He going to go buy the white man's house and, and that's just what he's going to do we haven't really strived for any infrastructure so we don't have our own cars we don't have our own houses 
We don't have our own anything. We have lended and borrowed things from other people. We have to buy things that somebody else already created. Right? We have clothes. You know what I mean? We got clothes. I mean, we don't really have anything that you really actually just, you know, need, need. But we have we have clothes. That's something I could think of off the top of the head. Right? And, and we got a lot of food. So my, my whole thing is like, you know, and then, you know, the black man that wants to give, we've been put into defense mode against each other. So when you see a black man that's doing good, you want to approach him and be like, hey, brother, uh, what do you do for a living? I do that. I ain't going to lie. I see a black man in a certain car and he looks like he's happy and things like that. It, beyond the car, if I see you in a Bentley and you look upset, I'm not going to talk to you. If I see you in a Bentley and you're smiling, I'm going to talk to you. And I did that the other day at, 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 at Wadada and the dude gave me, you know, all his information and everything like that. And, you know, that's going to lead to something else. Right. But a lot of the time. We are on defense mode. Somebody walk up to you. You got a nice car. It's a black person walking up to you. You think like, man, I don't know, man. What do these little niggas rob me? Right? Because our image has been demonized and dehumanized to the point where wide nostrils. And y'all don't even, we don't even, to this point, we don't even realize that our face is what puts us in, in, in the situations that we're in. It's not always how we dress. I mean, you add how you dress to it. Oh, definitely. But believe it or not, it's the facial structure, the wide nostrils, the jaw. You ever, you, ever, you ever notice that, like, you, you look at a certain black man, like, oh, he just look like he, 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 but he look like he about that life. And you, when you look at it, all you can see is his face. You're like, well, and then you have to ask yourself, wait, and this is how I learned it too, because I would look at certain people and be like, oh, yeah, he look like he one of them type of niggas. When I used to go to jail a lot, you're sitting in the jail, we all wearing the same clothes. All I can really see is your face. And I could look at certain dudes, and I would look at certain dudes, and be like, let me not, you know, get in his way too much, or let me not step on his toes too much because he looked like he bought that life and I might talk to him and find out oh, this dude's a freaking skater he's soft he's not saying like skaters are soft but he's like a softer person he's nice he's a good guy like he's, you know he's from the suburbs but because he has that wide nostrils right he might be dark skinned he got a certain jaw or look to him our look has been you know dehumanized and, and demonized through the music through the news through all kind of different sources of media so we are naturally somebody approach you really genuinely just really want to learn something from you it's just like hollering at a girl i don't i, I there's no other way for me to talk to you brother if i'm from at walmart and i see you i gotta talk to you today i don't, I don't got no other way to, i don't know who you is but I, I might want to get some game from you right but you on defense mode because you in this nice car so the car really really works against you if you want to help black people because now you you want to protect yourself you're like oh snap i'm over here in lithonia I don't like calling it Latonia, but I have to call it. Like, you know, I'm over here in Latonia. I'm in his Bentley. And here comes this little nigga running up on me. He got a couple tattoos on his arm. Let me uh, just pull off. Or let me be let me be a little standoffish with him. Some brothers is open. They're like, you know, I talked to this one dude one time, and and uh, you know, he was doing forex. He was a forex trader and stuff like that. And you know, he gave me his card. He gave me his website. He was like, you know, just hit my personal number. You know, call me. You know, and if you ever want to learn this, I'll just teach it to you. And I and um, I asked him, I said, "How much are you going to charge me to teach it?" He's like, "All right." You know, he like, I like to see young brothers learn something. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna charge you nothing. I'm like, "Cool, all right, bet." You know, so there's there it, it definitely happens. I, I don't want to ever make it seem like it's just like, "Oh, we're just all like no," but it's it's it, it's such a huge gap. It's such a vast amount of us that move with this shoot them niggas on their own or you know after after the black man or them black them black bitches over there and figure it out they self i figured it out so they can do like mentality that it's like why do you think that nothing has changed i mean look around look who has to come and make your neighborhood rap look at it this way right let's go back to what i talked about earlier how i said you go to the same neighborhoods now they look different same houses but somebody finally is is actually upkeeping with the house and cutting the grass and so it don't look like the hood look no more right same neighborhood now it's got gay flags everywhere and stacy abrams posters right for people who are like you know what i'm talking about right when you look at it right why the rapper never did that the rapper been rich for 10 15 20 30 years right white man gay man whoever come come through within three four years and change the whole face of that neighborhood rapper come never do nothing well, there's several reasons why the rapper don't do nothing. I'll tell you one of them. For one, he changes the neighborhood and he don't have an identity no more. We don't take it serious. We're like, oh, you're talking all this hood, but look at your neighborhood. It look nicer than mine. 
right? So you know he don't want to he don't want to do that, right? He needs you to stay hood and stay poor in his neighborhood and have a murder rate so he can keep rapping about it and sounding gangster, because that's what our image has become. That's that's what we glorify. That's what's cool, right? You go to, look. They put free the homies in the bio. Long live the dead homie who got himself killed in the bio, but they don't ever say congratulations to my homeboy who just finished college in the in Instagram bio. They don't ever shout their homeboy who just finished college. So you see what we glorify, right? So we need we need niggas to keep killing each other. Well, how are we gonna how are we gonna feel tough? How are we gonna feel cool? How are we gonna get how are we gonna get a girl? The girls don't want us if we if we if we squared out. Right? Don't nobody take you serious if you square it out. So we we got it. We got it. You got kids from the suburbs who lived in the hood when they were four or five years old. They still talking about that hood. Nigga, you ain't lived in that hood since you was four years old. You don't even remember that hood. You only know you li- you only know you lived there because one day your mama mentioned it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You still yeah, man. Bankhead. Bankhead what? Like you see, and it's like you should be proud to be from Roswell. That means your parents did something with their life. You should be proud to be from Kennesaw. You should be proud to be from or whatever state y'all live in. If you live in L.A. or something like that, I guess that'd be like, what, the Valley or something? Or Beverly Hills, Baldwin Hills, something like that. You should be proud to be from Baldwin Hills. You should be proud to be from, you ain't got to tell people Compton all the time. You know what I'm saying? You're not even, you you know, like you ain't ever did nothing in Compton. Like, you you might, even if you did live there, what'd you do? Nothing. You know, so what you keep screaming Compton for? Like, because you, you want that, what come with it. That, that gangster, that, that rawness, right? So, but what what about what about how cool it is that you grew up in a house that got six bedrooms? That's cool, man. You know, but they, the, the the hood kids gonna make fun of you for it too, though, ain't it? They gonna tell you that you were lame and oh, blah 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 blah, right? So, I mean, there's also that there's pressure come, coming in. The girls don't want you. The other suburb kids are trying to tell you how hood they are. I, I know what I grew up in this, right? And this is this is the future that we this is this is the future of it. So it's a selfish thing, and it, and it goes on both sides. I can't tell you how many times I done been in the suburbs thinking, like, damn, I ain't seen not one black person today. And I see a black person, and this he's the meanest person to me. Especially, I I know y'all going to get on me for saying it, but especially the black women. Now I just left East Cobb. I'm in Woodstock, right? So this is a more predominantly white area. It has its wealth. It has its poverty. But it's a predominantly white upper middle class area, maybe lower high class, right? Middle class. Uh, has a few trailer parks, some Mexicans in it. And I tell you, man, the black women around here, the way they look at black men is it literally breaks my heart. I'm not even going to lie to you. It, it really makes me feel insecure. I'm not even going to lie to you. And I have to sometimes talk to myself and say, you know what? This this ain't got nothing to do with you. You know, the way, look at this white, look, this white boy right behind me, he got his hat on backwards. He's in there throwing up signs and listening to rap music. I hear the bass, listen. I don't know if y'all can hear it or not. Yeah, so they know they have some of the white kids around here. They they gangster in the car, you know. But, but anyway, so like, you know, the, the way the black women look at you around here is is wild. You walk into the store and sometimes they won't look at you. It's like they'll look anywhere but at you. And it's like, damn, like we both two black people in this store full of white people. Right now, if it was to go down, you'd be looking towards me. You know, if 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 that white boy that went and shot up that grocery store in Buffalo was to come here, tell us where are the niggers at? You'd be looking for me to protect you. Right. So why you why you treat me like that? So it's just like this. It, it's to the point where here was crazy. If you take Mexicans, which I've seen this with my own two eyes, and you put them in an area where they all of them are scarce and they have different personalities and they really have nothing in common except for the fact they're Mexican. Watch. Naturally, they all start to migrate towards each other. Give it about a couple months. And I bet money you go ask Raul, who lives over here on the east side of that that neighborhood. Does he know Martinez? And he'd be like, yeah, I was in Martinez last night, man. Me and him, my family. They, they start to, and they start to build together too. They start putting their money together. They might even move in together. All of that, right? Black people don't do that. Black people can move to the suburbs, live in the same neighborhood as other black people and never talk to the other black people in that neighborhood. They might talk to the white people. They'll never talk to the other black people in that same neighborhood. Some of y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Cause you, you, you've lived in the suburb before or you got family who stay in the suburbs. Am I lying? I live in the suburbs. You got a black person who's living in this house, a black person who live in the house over there, and don't none of us know each other. All the white people in the neighborhood know each other. The few Mexicans and Asians know each other. It's six black families in this neighborhood, and we don't even know their name. We don't wave at each other when we see each other. We don't talk. Our families don't get together. Our, the kids don't hang out with each other. 
You know, when I when I when I first came to Lasso, there was a black girl who lived right across the street from me. I don't even know her name to this day, bro. She get off the bus, she don't look at you, she won't talk to you. She goes straight into the house. She go to school, you see her hanging out with number white kids. Right? This is this is what I'm telling you. This is what I'm telling you, right? This is what, and this is, and that's that. That's that mentality to the point where, and then you wonder why things just don't change. You wonder why things don't change. You know, I remember, man, when I first got my first car. Me and my boy Jericho, man, I was 19 years old when I got my first car because my license was suspended before I could even old enough to get one because I used to skip school so much. Not my proudest moment. I'm just telling you the truth. And I remember my boy Jericho. Me and, me and Jericho, we was like brothers. He didn't have a car at the time. So we used to ride around in my car. Right? So we riding around, whatever. And I remember we used to walk everywhere, and the white kids would look at us and laugh, and the other black kids would look at us and laugh. And we used to be like, we used to say to ourselves, like, man, you know, how come black kids drive by and don't ever ask us to, if they can pick us up and give us a ride somewhere? And we used to always say, man, when we get a car, when we see the other black kids walking uh, in East Cobb, in this predominantly white neighborhood where white people drive by and yell out nigger and all kinds of stuff like that, man, we're going to pick them up, bro. And the first time that we tried to do it, the black boy had said no. But it, it just felt good even just trying to do do for my people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see a black boy walking. It's hot outside. I know he got a long walk. I see you wearing a Wendy's uniform. I already know it's going to take me at least another 15 minutes to get there. Right? So I'm like, let me go over there. Let me, uh, we saw him. I'll never forget that, it, that day. We, we were actually going the other way. And we hit a U-turn. Uh, come on, Jericho. Let's see if we can pick. Let's see if we can pick up and offer him a ride. We we tried to offer him a ride. He didn't want the ride. He barely even wanted to talk to us. I don't know if he was weirded out or what. But you know, I just kind of feel like a Mexican would have gotten the car with a Mexican. Hey, amigo, you want to go to the ride in the street? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, see. He would have gotten the car with them fools. You know, what I'm he don't know them or nothing. They would have given him a ride for free and all. Black people always want something to help you out too. Now, you ever notice that it seems like they always want something to help you? They can't just help somebody. Man, come on, bro. I need this. At least. Come on, bro. At least give me. And I get it. You know, you should be compensated when you're doing good things or whatever. But damn, bro. You know, I ain't. You know, I ain't got it. You in a better position than me. Bro, spare me one time, bro. And then they said that's a handout. No, because, see, I understand it because I've been on both sides, bro. I done been the nigga walking and I done been the nigga driving, right? So I understand it on both sides. So I don't look at it that way. But that's that crab mentality. And we think it's, 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 it's like it's something that to be proud of or it makes you a hustler or some other whatever bullcrap cover up that we, we call it. But it, it don't do none of that. All it do is hold us back and continue the cycle of bullcrap. And then nobody gets nowhere and everybody only gets things for themselves. And us as Hebrew Israelites, we got to also remember who we really are. We get nowhere. We're not a nation. We're not a nation. How is it? that all these people you have you have groups of people demographics in America that have been here for such a short time look at the look at the LGBT they just started popping and they already have their own neighborhoods they already you know trust me I know this for a fact I've seen them do it bro I watched them do it at a job I had bro and I I ain't even it's funny because I ain't even peep it at first bro I kid you not until I just started to like notice it and I was like wait a minute he put him on and now he's moving up and when he finally decides to get somewhere he's gonna put this one on and he's gonna move up and I was like wow like they really have a system just because they're gay they don't have anything in common right one of them was a fat white dude the other one was a young like I think he was like 18 years old like mixed kid and the other one was let me not lie here what was the other one he was like an older white guy they probably don't even have sex with each other or date each other but guess what they're gonna do they're gonna look out for each other just because what they, they belong to the same group that's it that's all it takes that's all it takes we're all gay we are a minority we are oppressed or whatever like that so we're gonna look out for each other Mexican Look, they don't take us serious. We could work. You know, Mexicans can work a job for 30 years, never get a promotion. They going to look out for each other as much as they can. Them fools look out for each other in all kind of ways. Trust me. You know that. Ain't no secret. Mexicans and Spanish people, they look, they can look out for each other in all kind of ways. 
the, the, the white man even look out for each other, right? At least the bare minimum, he look out for the people around him. Black people don't even look out for the people. A black man will go get rich and, and everybody around him stay broke. You don't see that in other races, bro. You just don't. If he get rich, it's, it's shortly after that, the next brother of him is going to be rich too. It's rare to see a white person who's the only rich person in their family. Either all of them are poor or they all rich, bro. Like, or it's, or it's a process. You will see a black man in his household will be the only rich household in the family. You know what I'm saying? And and if you let him tell it, he gonna give you some type of story like, I tried to put him on, but he ain't. Man, you ain't give that man no real fair chance. You ain't do nothing. You know, sometimes it's like that, but all the time it can't be like that, bro. And as black people, I can't just talk to the rich people or the smart people or the Christians. I talk to some of you broke people, some of you angry people as well, too. You got to do your part as well, too. So if somebody's giving you an opportunity that's black, you don't squander it by smoking weed. You don't squander it by thinking, oh, he's black, man. We can pull up there late. Yeah, my home. I, I didn't see that, too. So now let's, let's flip the conversation as well. I don't want to just, I want to, let's keep it, let's keep it real. I didn't see that as well. I didn't see brothers, but ah, right, you know what? I'm finally in a position. I'm going to put him on and put him on and put him on. And they do it too. And then what, what did the nigga go do? The nigga, and I'm using the word nigga for a reason. The nigga, trust me, I, I have an extensive vocabulary. If I wanted to, I, I'm using the word nigga for a reason now. The nigga, that's what he is. The nigga go out there and he go out there. He come to work high. He come to work smoking weed. He come to work late. He come to work uh, whenever he want to. He don't got his belt on. He wouldn't even do that at a white with, with a white manager or a Spanish or an Asian manager. But with, with his own brother or his own sister who put him on, he don't even have enough respect to have some decorum, to have some punctuality. You see what I'm saying? To to carry himself in a way that is representing of this person who has went out of their way to put you on when he could have just went and got somebody who he knew was going to do it like a Mexican or a white person but he said I'm going to take a risk with my brothers who I've never seen do anything it's not like I have an example to say well I didn't seen Charlie he ain't seen Charlie do jack squat but you take a chance just because you you his homeboy y'all grew up in the same neighborhood or he know your mama or you his cousin and you niggas going to mess it up and now he say you know what he do and it sucks cause now he writes off all niggas and then that means all black people so then when he meets me the brother who would take advantage of the opportunity and would do the right thing he's like Mm-mm. or he gives me a very 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 limited opportunity that makes it damn near hard for me to succeed you see what I'm saying and this is how the cycle continues where yes do we see a lot of people getting it now yeah but a lot of them having to cut a lot of corners to get it now because we can't find legitimacy because nobody wants to put the next brother on because it's a, it's a risk. I've said it myself. I've said, you know, honestly, at this point in life, man, I don't think I would ever want to hire a black woman. And that breaks my heart. When I was a kid, I used to always say, when I get on, I don't want to work with nothing but Spanish people and black people. I don't want no white people in my business. They can be my customers, but they can't be in my business. Now I'm like, I don't know. I might have to hire me a few white people, bro. Straight up. I don't know if I can trust. Because the black woman going to come to she, she bring her emotions to work with her. And she brings her bias to work with her, work with her too. So, and, and they'll fight anywhere. Then the black man, he don't, he 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 lazy. He don't want to work. Always want to call off. Then he always expects something. He expects something. He always he he always expect more than everybody else. Cause we both black. Or man, come on, bro, you gonna do me like that? Like, yeah, I mean, bro, you've been late to work every day this week. I have no choice. Now you're bringing all of us down. You see what I'm saying? So as a, as a people, you guys, can you give me one second? I'm gonna come back to this. Let, me, let me finish a point so that way when I come back, if I, cause I this, what I'm about to do might take me a little minute. As a people, we have to on both sides be a little bit more fair with each other, and we have to get out of this jangle. We don't even need the jangle mentality anymore. We're no longer slaves. We have just as much opportunity and access, if not more, believe it or not, than the white man. Because now the white companies have to diversify 
and they'll have no choice but to hire a black person over even their own people. The affirmative, you know what affirmative action is. So we we actually have a lot more opportunity, and now we're starting to have more black people involved with things that that do want to put us on. So we have opportunity. We no longer need to have this Django. I'm going to go get the brightest suit to show you I'm better than these other niggas mentality. You see, the black women, they do it amongst each other, right? That's why she loves to talk about how educated she is. And I'm a good woman, educated woman talking about she don't know how, why she's not married. You see? So we have to be able to do better than that. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come right back. I might. I'm, I'm going to come back. Hold on, y'all. All right. So, um, you know, we have to we have to look out for each other a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know there's a lot of tension in the black community. Uh, You have the bougie blacks who look down on the on the hood blacks. You got, uh, you know, everybody wants to be plant based. Now you got you got um, a lot of enmity between the black man and the black woman that I don't think is going to change anytime soon at all um these there's a very very hurtful things that are being said in our community that i i kind of feel like you know really at this point you really can't come back from it you know what i'm saying like it's 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 too much and it puts a huge level of distrust and uh and that also adds more to the crab mentality because i can't trust you I don't, I don't want to put you in a situation. Now, I'm going to talk about something I talk about a lot, but I'm going to talk about it again. You know, when you think deeply about it, right? And I watched a, a video the other day, and I didn't want to talk about it too much, but when you, I watched this video yesterday, and the black woman was explaining why she feels like men in general are disposable and how we've done nothing and the world don't need us and blah, 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 blah. And... It's like, why would I want to work with a group of people like that? When you think deeply about it, right? And this is where it becomes a double-edged sword, even this conversation where I'm saying one thing, but I have to say the other thing too. I can't just act like that's not a, I, I don't understand it. Here's the thing. If you take a white man and, and let him get on the internet with his bare face and talk about black people and say that black people are disposable and they don't need them and this and the third right nobody's gonna want to put him in a position where he'll be in a position to work with black people or for black people or over black people because he has shown that he might do some he has a bias and that bias could be detrimental because here's 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 what and i'll be very clear about this right If you are a woman, black or white, but since we're talking about black people, I'll just say black woman, and you have displayed with your bare face, I need you guys to realize how detrimental that is with your bare face. I'm going to call it hate speech. Hate speech for men, boys, males, black men, specific, it don't matter. I wouldn't want to hire you to be in a position where you'll ever have, especially a male's life in your hands, because I can't believe and I'm not going to believe that the most emotion based creature on this planet, right, that just learned how to really be professional because for the longest time you didn't you couldn't work. So you're still like a toddler in this whole business thing and and understanding how to put personal things aside. I don't believe that you can't leave your biases at home no more than I would believe that a racist white man can't leave his at home either. You see what I'm saying? Like, and you and see, black women don't want to hear that. But at the end of the day, you understand it. If we're talking about racist white people, if we're talking about a racist white woman, you wouldn't want to hire her to be a teacher at a school where there's black kids. Cause you don't believe that she can leave her biases out of handling those kids. I mean, I, I, I you cannot, you're not going to tell me you don't like men and men are disposable and men are useless and think that I would trust you to be my nurse. You know, what I'm, you see what I'm saying? Or you hate black men and think that you're going to be my kid's teacher and my kid is a black boy. I, 
I don't believe that because as soon as something happens, it's going to be natural in my mind to think, see, I don't trust this person knowing how they feel about black men or knowing how they feel about males. And now this person has went out there and my son's coming home talking about he did this and that and the teacher treated him this way. I'm like, "Mm." you see what I'm saying? I don't I don't think that you can leave those biases at home. It's hard. I've caught myself with my own biases. That's why I put myself in a position where I'm not going to say too much, but where I like to only work jobs where I work with certain people. Not going to say too much. Some of y'all can figure it out on your own. Or I don't work at all with people. I work by myself. Because I still have a lot of growing to do in that, in that department. And it's hard to not put your biases in it. As a man, it's easier for me, Right? Because I, I go into there with more of a logical place and I like to give everybody a chance, no matter what group they come from. I like to give everybody a chance. And I feel like at the end of the day, like I work, I, I work with liberals, gays, black women, feminists, all kind of people. We go to work that some of them like to talk about their stuff. You know, they talk about abortion and stuff. I just kind of just walk away from those conversations. But, you know, if I had to buy Christmas gifts for everybody, they ain't getting one. See what I'm saying? I mean, it's simple stuff like that, right? And people people notice things like that. They pay attention. The next thing you know, they, they go out their way to do something. And I might I might feel some type of way. And it, it's just like this ain't got nothing to do with what we're here for. We're here to work and get this get this, get this this stuff out and do what we're supposed to do, right? But these things now have somebody feeling jaded. So my whole, my whole thing is like we, we have to keep in mind that if we want things to change we have to also change ourselves and and we can't we can't expect for people to want to work with black people whether they're black or anything else when we keep displaying so much just i'm gonna just say negativity and dysfunction right i'm not gonna go into detail or give examples on that you know what that is you know you know you you just you know and, and we can't just keep going deeper into it and then wonder why you got dudes who got face tattoos and wonder why the cops keep messing with them or people treat them a certain way. Like, bro, like you, what did you, what did you think was going to happen when you put face tattoos on your face? Like, what do you, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you really thought the world was going to treat you like a normal citizen? You wanted to look like a thug. That's what you wanted to look like, whether you want to admit it or not. And you, now you're getting treated like one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, we got to keep that in mind. You, you want to wear long Right weave, people are gonna assume you're ghetto. You're a ghetto girl. If you don't want that, then maybe you should think differently about it. It's not like these things that you guys are doing are normal things or good things. Like, there's nothing good about you putting a different texture on your head. These weaves y'all wear these days don't even look good anymore. Anyway, there's nothing good about face tattoos. So I don't know what 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 you're fighting for. And talking about what people are supposed to accept me for me. You don't, first of all, the main people that say that, you ever notice they don't ever accept nobody for them? They real quick to say somebody should accept them, but you don't accept everybody? You know you can't accept everybody. It's not how the world works. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of work a little bit with people. Stop being so entitled. You don't, it doesn't make any, your entitlement is not even backed up by anything. It literally comes with zero credibility. You're entitled while you talk like the and you know damn well how to say the word for you know foe you keep you think people are supposed to just want to put you on it's like bro like you're embarrassing and it's not about conforming it's not about trying to be more white as y'all would call it you know the problem is we call good things white that's the problem you know you want to adopt all the crap i always give this example right here this black girl I was talking to her and she was she was going off about bad baby, Danielle Bergoli, the Catch Me Outside girl. And she's like, she wanna be black. And I'm like, and this black girl that was telling me this is funny. She's a very sophisticated, like intelligent, articulate black girl. Like, you know, I'm like, okay. And she's like, she's trying to be black. She's trying to, I'm like, so? I'm like, what, what I said, that's black to you? I said, that's what is that what is that what a black girl is? If that's black, then you can't get mad when people call y'all what they call y'all and talk about black women how they call talk about black women because if she's trying to be a black girl and that's what a black girl is let her have it so maybe one day we can't just say oh that's how black girls act let her have it 
you should want her to be that way. As much as that mentality that she displays is used against you and people project it onto you, no matter just because you got braids in your hair or because you want to wear your, your nails a little bit long, you wear your nails long, they call you ghetto. White Spanish girl wear her nails long, they call it sexy. I mean, don't, aren't you tired of that? So stop trying to cast, you cast it on yourself though. You just said it. You just said the way Bad Baby acts, all that fighting and rolling her neck is her trying to act like a black girl. So that's what, you know, that tells me if I was an alien from outer space, that's how black girls must act then. If that's what you just said, you said it. You're a black girl and you just stamped it. That that's what black girls do. Roll their neck, get in fist fight, disrespect their parents, dress like a hoe, act like a hoe, move like a hoe, talk like a hoe, promote nothing but negativity and dysfunction, be lazy, and take shortcuts in life. That's what we see displayed from the bad baby girl, Danielle Bregoli. And that's what you just told me that y'all do. Because when you see a white girl with her real hair straight down her back, with a nice dress on, speaking like this, going to school. Ain't y'all supposed to be the most educated? Okay, going to school, right? And these things like that, you don't say she's trying to act black then? Here we are in the same cycle over and over again. And if you really, if you really pay attention, I don't care how many niggas you see driving Hellcats. I don't care how many, how many sisters you see owning 15 businesses and got 30 degrees. As black people, we are falling. We are falling more. We're not getting better. Look around. If you really pay attention and stop, stop trying to cover it up with with this crap, these surface level things that really don't mean anything in the long run because we're not doing anything with them for real. <laughs> we're not barely doing anything with our opportunities. Like when you, when you, when you stop trying to bull crap your way through life, you will realize that at the end of the day, black people, through all the Benzes, throughout all the black rich neighborhoods, now you can no longer drive through a neighborhood and say, this is a white people neighborhood. No, it might be a black neighborhood. My dad live in a big house neighborhood and there ain't no white people in there for real. Okay? When you, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you get away from all that type of stuff, you realize that black people are actually doing worse than we've ever done before. And it kind of reminds me of this quote I used to always hear growing up. You know, you know what the quote was? We should have never gave you niggas money. As soon as, look, look what money has done to us. It ain't done nothing good. We have gained really absolutely nothing. Now, there are some people trying to make efforts. And I, so I, once again, I'm not going to act like it's just a complete thing, right? But this is what we call general statements. Right? It's a general statement because we're talking about a general group, right? And overall, we're not doing better. Our, first of all, our dysfunctional group is getting bigger, more powerful than they've ever been before. Okay? There was once a time where a street nigga couldn't be rich unless he sold drugs or scam. Now street niggas can get on Instagram and get rich. So the, the, the group is growing. The image is, is, is bigger. It's spreading now even into other communities. I just told you I seen a white boy with his hat backwards listening to rap music throwing up signs in the car right behind me. And while I was just talking, I didn't tell y'all this because I was I was in the middle of saying something. I saw another white boy with earrings in his ear and a do-rag. So it, it's spreading now. You see what I'm saying? It's 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 spreading now. And if you think he wears that do-rag and talks like this, you're crazy. I bet money he he he, he owns some nigga type stuff. So you gotta understand, man, like it's it's getting it's getting out of control, right? We could talk about this for hours. I could sit up there and break this down for the next 10 years of my life. But at the end of the day, I think everybody here, if you're if you're here, you're wise. I'm not saying that to like boost up my podcast, but clearly you want to know something. You want to be a part of some type of conversation. You want to hear something other than a bunch of hoorah and boorah and bull crap. You wanted to hear it. That's why you clicked here. That's why you're sitting on this podcast rather than maybe listening to the newest rap song or watching a reality show. Because if you're doing, I'm, I'm guessing right now you're sitting down, right? You're more than likely at work, at home. You're doing something. You could be at home or at work. Either way it goes, listening to the new Lil Dirk and Lil Baby song, or you know, don't, which don't edify you in any way, or the new reality show, which don't edify you in any way. So you, you clearly want to do something. Damn, hey, Zaxby's is starting at $15 an hour for anybody who wants a job. I just drove, it, I ain't never seen Zaxby's paying $15. If you need a job, don't be ashamed. What, what Kevin Samuels say? You can't be broke and have pride. Uh, $15 an hour at Zaxby's. I ain't never seen that a day in my life. 
ain't never seen those Zaxby's for $15 an hour. Ever. I used to work at Zaxby's. That, that's what I was talking about earlier when I said them, them gay people ran. The, it, it was at Zaxby's back in the day, man, back when I was young. I worked at Zaxby's. We got paid $9 an hour. They raised it $6. <laughs> For real. Shoot. Check this out, though. What I'm saying is that we have to elevate. We have to find a way to get out of this mentality. And and it's, it's sad because it's a trap. Like, I, going back to one of my original points earlier when I talked about how, you know, if you're a black man, specifically a black man, you have to be a little flashy. Or else nobody's going to take you serious because our culture screams, we drive Benzes, man. We get gold teeth. We're we, we going we gonna to get everything. We're going to get it all. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... And the example I like to give you is this. You get a white man and you put him in some sandals and a cargo shorts and a regular t-shirt and you let him drive an older car. If he tell people he's rich, they're going to believe him. They're more than likely not going to question it, even though nothing about him says that he's rich. If you go get a black man and put him in some sandals and some cargo shorts and a t-shirt and put him in an old car and he come tell you he's rich you're gonna be like this nigga's a liar am I right or am I wrong you ain't gonna believe that we don't even so we even we have no choice man or else we don't get taken serious and at that point the only thing the wealth is doing for you is yeah which is what it's supposed to do, take care of your family but it don't get you no girls it don't put you in no social status or nothing so we have to go get the Bentley we gotta go get the Hellcat we gotta go get the the Benz truck we gotta get the watches and it puts you in a trap and like I said it's a cycle bro at what point do we say you know what we're gonna break this cycle I don't care if I get called lame I don't care if I could call a white boy I don't care if I get called a sellout I don't care if, if white people look at me and say I'm being racist because all I want to do is hire black people I don't care about what nobody say I'm going to break all of these chains and break these cycles and I'm going to be the change in my community that I want to see I'm going to be everything that I need to be and everything that I want to be you know what I'm saying at what point do we do that at what point do we break these things down right we have no choice but to break these things at some point right because if, if not we will we will be we will be the we will be the lowest race for real we will be the lowest race. everybody is coming up bro and and it's not just they're getting money see black people we're just getting money that's all we're doing is that's it we're just getting money we don't have anything we've had money now for 40 50 years how we don't have nothing yet and other communities that's that's been getting it for five six seven years they already they they already they 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 overturning us we have communities within our own community that's overturning us because they've separated themselves you know like we we you know everybody's gonna pass us up it's more than just I got a Benz and you got a Benz. That don't that that's and, it, and we, we look at that as black wealth and we we celebrate that like seeing three brothers driving a Benz. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean when our people still don't have anything? We own absolutely nothing of any any of any substance. We don't have anything to show for ourselves. Nothing. We still have to go through all these different races of people to get actual things done you are the average rich black man rich black woman is a walking and mobile billboard an advertisement for white owned and Asian owned businesses and companies that's it that's why I said I support you I pay for your product just so you go take my money and go buy their products. Supporting a black business is simply just supporting a white business through a black man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess if it makes you feel better to give the black man the money so he can go spend it on that stuff, then cool. That, that's all it is most of the time. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't really mean much at that point. You're talking about a black business or this, that, and the third. What does it mean? We can't do nothing with it. It has no meaning. It has it has no nothing to it, y'all. 
it just is something to, to run around and say with your mouth. You let black people tell you they say black excellence and they're going to show you a picture of a bunch of people doing something for themselves. What the freak does that have to do? That's not black excellence. That's Devante excellence, Linda excellence, and Trayvon excellence. It ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with black people. It ain't got nothing to do with black people. Y'all don't hear me though. It ain't got nothing to do with black people. That's his stuff. Matter of fact, if I was to try to claim his success, he would tell me, nah, nigga, you gotta get, get your own. I have no claims to what Jay-Z got going on. I can't go scream Jay-Z to somebody. That's what he did. That's his car. That's his house. That's his success. That's his accolades. That ain't got nothing to do with me. He'll remind me of that in every song that he spit. Just, just like every other rapper. So what are you talking about? They'll be like, oh, look. They'll show you a picture of six black nurses and be like, uh, or six black brain surgeons. Be like, black excellence. What the what does six black sur- brain surgeons got to do with me? She going to give me free brain surgery? She going to help me figure out how to do something? What is she going to do for me? What is she going to do for me? She's not a brain surgeon in my community. She's not, she not, she not a brain surgeon at Grady. She's not a brain surgeon. She's she, she a brain surgeon at Cher- in Cherokee County. What are you, what are you telling me? What are we, what are you, just tell me Ashley, I'm going to make up a name here, Townsend is a brain surgeon. I, I will congratulate Ashley on her success because her success, I can't do nothing with it. Neither can any of us. And some of y'all are going to say, well, well, Tommy, wouldn't you say that it's the same thing for other races? No. Them fools can claim white excellence because they can show you infrastructure that all of them have accessibility to. Every, every other demographic, whether we're looking at it from race or color or sexuality or religion, when you take it, when you take it away from black people, there's something that they got going on, but we, all we got is what we got. Ain't no we. It's me, nigga. I got on the blue suit. I'm that nigga on, who's that nigga on the NAD? Me. Django. That's who. I'm the only nigga with a horse. What was Cleaver say? I'm the only nigga in first class. I'm the only nigga. I can't trust you niggas, even if I wanted to do something with you niggas anyway. I'm the only nigga. Here come the black women. They like to claim each other's success. Once again, we have communities within our community. Oh, Black women are the new rich nigga. Black women are the new this. Black women are the new that. Black women this. Black women own the color orange. God was just showing off when he made black women. We don't have nothing. As a people. And these women think they can do it without us. They think they can segregate and they can elevate without us. They have no infrastructure. Half of them just want to do nails and, and, and be baddies. The other half go run off to the other community to be great. They go be a, they go, yeah, she's a lawyer. Cool. She ain't in the hood trying to get these niggas out of jail. <laughs> I, I seen a post one time. They were trying to celebrate um, these, the, these black ladies who became judges. I said, have y'all ever been in jail before? Black judges? That... You mean she gonna give niggas more time than a white man would? That's what, that's, that ain't, what you mean? Don't, uh, I ain't celebrating that until I see what she do. When she showed me that she finds a system where she uses her power, and I, I don't mean to let people off. I, 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 I ain't the hookup type black person. Give me a hookup, bro. Give me a discount. No, I'm gonna pay the same price everybody else pay. But what I'm saying is that actually I'll pay you more and my homeboys and some of my friends that have businesses will tell you like he's not lying he will give you more than what you asked for like but what I'm saying is that you want me to celebrate these three judges because they're black women and what what do they do what, what do they show me what they did first then we can maybe celebrate them 
Then maybe I'll celebrate them. Show me what they did first, though. You know what I'm saying? Show me what they did first. Show me what they did first. I'm not for celebrating them because they black. That's their success. Because for all I know, she could be one of them black women who watch Cynthia G all day. And that means she's going to get in that courtroom and make a lot of black families' lives way worse than they would have been with a white judge. At that point, what am I celebrating? Hmm. Y'all not ready for that conversation yet. At that point, what am I celebrating? Why should I just jump and celebrate it then? See? See how it, see how it goes? It's to the point where even when you're aware of the things I'm aware of, you still gotta be a, you still gotta be a crap, your damn self. There's no trust in our community, there's no credibility in our community. There's no honor. There's no loyalty. There's no infrastructure. We all, we, we, we over telling the white man, give me a black role. Go make a movie. Why don't you make the black, why don't you make, go, you go do it yourself. You understand that concept every other day when you're dealing with us. You, that's what you would tell me when I ask you for something. That's what you, that's what I would tell you if you ask me for something. So stop asking the white man for everything. Stop making black versions of movies and black. Oh, we're going to have the Little Mermaid. We're going to make the black version of Ariel. The black version of Ariel? How about we make our own princess? Screw Disney. Who cares about a Disney? We don't need Disney. We don't need none of that. But she was scared, though. Somebody said, Tommy's not easy. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, Trip Boosie showed it. It, it. You can, we can make our own. We don't need to go through Netflix. None of but see, y'all don't want to buy the Boosie movie for twenty dollars. I know some of y'all have seen that that meme where they got the white man selling a hot dog for three something. The black man said, "Oh man, good price." Spanish man, "Oh yeah, good price." Black man, "Damn, three dollars for a hot dog, bro." That's how we are with each other, bro. We'll run and go give Versace $1,500 for some shoes that we're not going to wear eight months from now because they'll be out of style. But black man tried to charge you uh, uh, $50 for a hoodie. Damn, bro, $50 for a hoodie, bro? Yeah, bro, $50 for a hoodie, free shipping. Damn, bro, you, man, I ain't going to lie, you taxing, bro. Let me call you back. White man charged you that, you... At the bare minimum, you don't you don't make him feel bad about the price. You just be like, all right, all right, all right, cool. Um, yeah, just give me like a week or something. And you just don't call him. Black man, tell your price. Damn, bro, for real. You see what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. We gotta do better. It's your boy, time to be a raw sex, and I'm out.